welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Good morning, Nigel, and welcome everybody to the next very special breakfast with Nigel and Mark. Morning, Nigel. Good morning, Mark, and good morning, everybody. How, how are you all doing today? You okay? I think we're all very well and uh, very excited. Uh, we've got a very special episode. Uh, uh, we have. Special guest today, one of our very trusted partners who's key to enabling us to structure and control our various businesses. So uh, got a real treat for everybody, haven't we? Absolutely. And, you know, really quite enjoying the kind of the end of the month guest speaker piece as well. You know, it's, it's lovely to hear the insights of somebody else, isn't it? You know, particularly within our discipline, you know, a member of our professional team. And I think it's, um, you know, it's worth chatting through really the importance of getting great people around you, Mark, isn't it? It, it is. Um, I mean, it's, we've raised a, a lot of money with banks and private investors and, you know, just trusting somebody to try really hard just doesn't cut it. You've got to have a very, very strong fabric, um, uh, a risk assurance framework. And uh, our accountants, tax advisors, business advisors um, play a, a fundamental role in that. You know, we often use those three S words, don't we? Structure, structure, structure. Structure. absolutely absolutely and you know it's there's there's nothing wrong um with you know the likes of you and i coming up with the the kind of fluffy stuff the inspiration the thought process the you know the challenging the art of the possible in terms of all sorts of events you know challenging every number on our on our cost register you know to, to to make efficiency you know, prevalent in what everything we do, but <clears throat> it has to be underlined by compliance and rigor, doesn't it? And and therefore the professional team sitting around you, hearing all this this madness madness that's coming out to kind of distill that down into absolute compliance and opportunity, and uh, and away you go from there. Really, so it's uh, hugely hugely important. Yeah, and uh, I mean we we like to keep all of our our funding quite quite vanilla straightforward um but the structuring sometimes needs that air of complexity to make it tax efficient as possible and uh we always use that start with the end in mind so we're encouraging our trusted partners our professional team to to really think in advance that um simulate and anticipate what's yeah. going to happen in the future. and the only Absolutely. way you can do that is to to show them what we what our intentions are and, and be open yeah. with them. Absolutely, you, you can never deal in our, in our business, Mark. We, you know, we can't deal with things in isolation, can we? As you say, you've got to start with the end in mind. You've got to understand the flow, the journey. If you like, the journey of a, a be it a development or an investment or a strategy, really, from the start point to the end point. You know, what is that end goal? And it could be almost that person. You know that. That forms part of your end goal, which could be a could be a bank, a refinancing a house, or whatever it is. Right at the end, and it, we might need to interrogate their 
you know, terms and conditions and what they will and they won't, uh, because that could be the weakest link. You know, so you just can't look at things in isolation. You've got to allow it to flow all the way through to the end. And then um, and then you, you kind of risk assured at that point because you, you have ticked all the boxes. So really, really important. Definitely. And it brings brings together different parts of our, our, our business and wealth interests. Um, we've had calls this week with our, uh, our SAS corporate trustee. Um, uh, a SAS, for those that are not aware, a SAS is a small self-administered pension scheme. Um, so we're trustees of our own scheme and we're utilising things like loans and loan backs and understanding the security and provisions and structuring for that is is absolutely essential. You know, how we go into a deal, how we intend to uh, exit, refinance, hold, whatever that structure is. So it's incredibly important. And I guess that's a yep. bit of a timely segue, Nigel, because uh, the it's next book, book's about to be launched, isn't it? Um, it is. Can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, really looking forward to that. So uh, for those who are listening on, on podcast, um, which is uh, coming out very shortly, so really excited about that. Uh, just put on there on the screen for those listening in on Zoom, uh, Property and SaaS Secrets. So this is a step-by-step guide to creating that powerful multi-generational wealth. Now, irrespective of whether you've got a SaaS pension need to understand how a SaaS trustee thinks, what they can do. Because the, the powerful potential is absolutely unlimited of, of property, of SaaS. And you've asked me to write this book. I've, I get asked, peppered with questions, which I love, by the way. Um, literally every day, somebody asks me a question on a different scenario. So I've decided to write this book. And Nigel and I have been working tirelessly on all the different permutations uh, and structuring. So this book is going live on Amazon next Friday, so Friday the 5th of February. Um, so can't wait for that. You'll no doubt see a couple of emails from me and, and some uh, social media posts, um, but that's uh, that's really exciting. And the reason why we can write this book is, you know, we've, we've just so many people connected to us who have got a SaaS, who are using it um, within SaaS Alliance and within ECRA Academy. Um, you've got a lot of exposure to um, great practices, um, understanding on how things might be, uh, having that humility to understand how things can be better next time, how they can structure. So this is going to be an invaluable guide for you. So there we go. That's the uh, latest news. So uh, Fantastic. Yes. So, yeah, in, indeed. I mean, you know, we, we've got a very, very, very special guest today, which is... Um, you know, to to introduce our accountant. Um, he's, um, you know, he's been instrumental in guiding us al- along the journey of compliance, um, you, you know, introducing us to all sorts of efic- efficiency opportunities. And uh, yeah, a very warm welcome to Chris. And I think he might be in the background there. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hey, Good morning, Chris. how are you doing? <laughs> you, you okay? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. How are you both? Very well, thank you very much for asking. Yeah, very, very well. So, so Chris, a change of scenery for you, Nigel. It is a little bit. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Yes, we, we've uh, we've had a few um, challenges this morning. I'm, I'm actually in my car in the village. Uh, we had a power cut at home, but uh, the show must go on, and uh, therefore here I am in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, fantastic. But but thank Chris. Thanks ever so much 
coming on. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, you are a you know a cherished member of our professional team, and uh, you know we're very grateful for you coming on today. But I, th- I think without further ado, um, you know, could you could you introduce yourself maybe and just give us an insight into into your background? Sure. Yeah. So good morning, everyone, and everyone listening. Um, my name is Chris Smith. I'm I'm a chartered accountant, um, but I, I don't often call myself that. I call myself more of a, an entrepreneur um, because I started my first business when I was 16 years old. Um, I'm very much into looking at opportunities and helping our clients and make the most of those opportunities and grow and develop them. Um, so I, I started at 16, realized I needed to get some kind of um, formal education. And so I stopped the business I was doing, went off to university and did a, an information systems degree um, in, in IT, wanted to move into the IT world. Um, but then realized I needed to have the financial background. So I trained as a chartered accountant. I worked for, for Ernst & Young, one of the big accountancy firms for a long time. Uh, and within, within that team, I worked in quite a specialist unit working with uh, high net worth entrepreneurs. Uh, they had an ES, an entrepreneurial services unit, but also um, a technology team. Um, so I worked in there, realized that what I loved doing was helping people grow and develop their business and take their opportunities to the next level. Um, so when the opportunity came along, um, my wife and I were expecting uh, twins at the time, and we lived a long way from where we were both brought up. So an opportunity came along to partner up with another guy and start our own accounting firm, which was a, a big, bold move to move from moving from a big corporate environment to um, starting our own business. But we made the jump. We made the uh, investment in ourselves. And um, about 15, 16 years ago, we started GMS, um, which is a, a small accountancy firm, but we, we specialize in working with family businesses and owner-managed businesses um, within the Suffolk area mainly, but also around the world. We've got um, clients all around the world and all around the country. Really good, really good. Yeah, thanks, Chris. So tell us a bit more about GMS, um, maybe its journey thus far. Um, you know, its approach to clients and um, and really its future plans. Sure. Yeah. So, well, we're we're we are small in the scale of things, but we like it that way because one of the things we say is we like to be able to make contact with our clients. We like to be able to know where our clients' businesses are and be part of the plan. So. Uh, as you guys know, one of the things we do with you is work very closely to understand where you're going and what your plans are. Because as accountants, we're so used to hearing information after something has happened, and it's too late to advise them. So w- we work in, I would say, three or four key areas. Um, our first area is a bit bizarre. Um, we work with most of the Olympic and Paralympic athletes in the UK um, and a lot of sports people and celebrities. And which is a bit, a bit of a strange one. And um, we got asked to do some advisory when the London 2012 Games came along, and um, we helped a lot of those athletes get on top of their tax affairs. You'll remember at the time there was all of the um, controversy around um, MPs' expenses, and and UK Sport wanted to make sure that athletes were were covered. So we provide a lot of advice to them around their tax but quite often into transition. And transition is about moving them from where they are in their lives 
to where they want to be. And, and quite often, a lot of those athletes move into property investment or move into other businesses. So our skills as advisors and business, business growth advisors helps those athletes move from their current situation where they're in a bubble, really, in the sporting yeah. world into a new world. And we then, we then focus a lot on property clients. So we have an awful lot of property uh, investors, property developers, uh, construction people. And we also then, I'd say our third group is family businesses. So small family businesses, um, uh, often um, lifestyle businesses, but lifestyle businesses with opportunities to grow. Mm. Um, so that's, that's where we are as a, as a firm. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, broadly speaking, services that you offer. Yes, yeah, so we we offer all of the services you'd expect a good accountant to provide. So the accounts, the tax, the VAT, the bookkeeping, all of the usual stuff. But above that, we also offer a lot of services that a lot of firms don't provide. So, using the skills that we developed in the larger firms, we do specific tax planning. We also do quite a bit of due diligence work. So due diligence yeah. is where we go out and look at opportunities and we'll financially appraise them for people, not just on the property side, but also from a business side. We do a lot of business valuations. And one of the things that we, we talk about a lot, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in, in a moment, is people having a plan and being able to see where they are on their journey towards that goal or that, that plan. Yeah. So a lot of that means um, making sure that they've recorded their wealth correctly, that they've valued their wealth correctly, and um, we're able to value those businesses that a lot of businesses, uh, small accounting firms can't do. Um, I mentioned growth. One of the things we do, we have a business development growth program so we have yeah. a, a select handful of clients on there where we're working quite closely. And we kind of take um, a finance director role in that process. We, we fill in the gaps and the knowledge that the clients don't have themselves. Yeah. Um, we yeah. act as sort of their interim FD for those businesses that are growing quite rapidly and moving on to the next level. Um, I think one, of, one of the things that's certainly been highlighted over the last few months is our ability to signpost people in, in the right direction. Certainly this pandemic that we've all been through has meant that so many of our clients have come to us for help and assistance um, and not knowing where to turn. Being that sort of critical friend, but also that, that friend that helps them in their time of need. So um, yeah. we do that as a matter of course with, with most we like to talk to our clients. We encourage them to tell us what's going on in their world. Yeah, very good. Something I'd, I'd pick up on, actually. One thing I've really valued in our in our professional relationship and, and friendship, Chris, is is when you, Nigel, and I sit down and we might have, you know, coffee for <laughs> an hour, but it normally takes two hours. It normally takes two or three. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just discuss our plans, our vision, our future, what's happening, and... And the more we can impart uh, and the more you can kind of feel the tempo and the energy and direction of the business, certainly the, the more powerful the, the advice comes back. And, and that really works supremely well for us. Yeah. Yeah. We encourage those conversations. And, and I think that's a strange thing that we, 
Although, like most accountants, we charge for our time. Our time is our asset and our knowledge that we that we impart. And we like to have those conversations with people to try and understand where they're going. And, yeah. and I personally like having those conversations with the business owners to then communicate that down to my team to, to so that when they're doing their accounts, when they're doing their bookkeeping, they understand where they're going and what the client's trying to achieve. And um, because we can make help make the right decisions for you then as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So if if I could ask you the classic exam question, mm-hmm. so you know what are your challenges and and indeed what are your highlights as well? Well, the challenges at the moment are the current environment, um, which we're all we're all going through. But I'm a real um, glass half full person in that. Um, out of every challenge, there's an opportunity. And what we're seeing is a real state of flux across all sectors that we work in. Everyone is having to relook at their business model, which yeah. um, is, is brilliant because we don't do that enough. There are the businesses that have struggled during the pandemic tended to be the ones who are stuck in a rut, hadn't done the planning, didn't have proper cash management in place, they ran out of cash quite quickly. Um, they didn't really know where they were going and they weren't flexible and agile enough to be able to adapt to the changing circumstances. And so what people have learned very quickly is I need to be agile, I need to be able to adapt. And and that that brings with it a whole load of challenges because you've got people changing their business models, you've got people making some very tough decisions around people and assets um, and even complete change of businesses. Yeah. But like I say, with that positive is tons and tons of opportunity because yeah. there is opportunity out there a lot. The world is going to be a slightly different place, I think. Um, mm. There'll be the norms and there'll be the things that as humans we can't uh, change and move away from, but yeah. um, there are going to be opportunities out there. I think with that, with that, you know, you talk about... I think one of the things that's really focused on, I mean, you, you guys know we've been members of B1G1 for a long time, which um, for those on the call, B1G1 is, a, is a, a charity, an international charity that helps put money back into uh, developing countries and projects that help people along. So, um, for instance, it might fund a school in Malawi, it might help with irrigation and water supply in Kenya and remote village. And it encourages businesses to gift and give back. And um, we're very proud to be part of that. I know you guys are as well. It's a, it's a big part of what we do and um, sharing our success with, with others. But yeah. with that, I think the environmental challenges are a big thing. Um, there's something really on my mind um, and something that we've got to look at as a firm, how we can help our clients deliver their services more environmentally um, friendlier and um, so how how we measure that because the challenge for us accountants is how do you measure the business that you put back um, and how do you account for that so yeah. they're the challenges I think also um, tax we have to talk about tax I mean as, as horrible as it is to talk about tax it is something this pandemic has cost this country and the world an awful lot of money and we are going to see some tax rises, uh, uh, yeah. without a doubt. We, the budget is being announced on the 3rd of March. Um, 
we don't know how full on that's going to be, but the Chancellor is going to announce some pretty sweeping changes. I think capital gains tax is going to be hit quite hard because traditionally it's been quite low from where it is in the past. Mm. Uh, their manifesto says that uh, income tax can't rise because uh, they, they promise that they won't rise income tax. So there's not much more they can do than capital taxes that affect property are, are very likely to go up. Um, yeah. We've already yeah. seen a pinch on entrepreneurs' relief as well for small businesses um, with a million pound cap. I think that could get worse. I think inheritance tax and perhaps tax on high value properties as well may come in um, to tax the top mm. one, one to three percent of the population, which um, yeah. covers many people on your call. So yeah. we're trying to navigate that with our clients and, and plan to mitigate that with a lot of a lot of activity between now and then. I um, you know, making mm. pension contributions, for instance, into pension pots is really important. Yeah. Trying to yeah. really squeeze that out before any potential change. Um, looking at restructuring your businesses before then uh, is mm. definitely something that's really on our radar at the moment with our current our current clients. Absolutely. You, you know, we, we've seen that, you know, from a pension contribution perspective, you know, very, very powerful where, you know, it's, I mean, it's all about tracking your business almost, you know, April, May and onwards, isn't it? You know, start to track and try to anticipate, if you like, what um, any tax liability may be towards the end of the financial year. Yeah. But then in kind of parallel to be looking at, you know, the what's available to you and utilise what's available to you, as you say, pension contributions. Pension, pension contributions, you know, it, it has a you know profound effect on business profit clearly um but it but it's you know it's coming it's been transferred straight into the pension and then can be utilized elsewhere you know it's a it's a great highly efficient route the, the danger is it gets out of the business after the 19 percent gets into your personal economy economy out of you know whatever other tax layers have to be deducted mm. and then you go and spend it with what's left you know whereas you can do it much more efficiently if um you know just just think these things through and anticipate the outcome really so many people yeah. still have a very old world view that pensions are put into a scheme you know a big a big pension company then locks it away makes loads of money out of you and then you only mm. get it when you retire but the, mm. the latest pension models just have kiboshed all of that and now it's a really structured plan of getting money out of your business tax-free getting money yep. out personally tax-free extracting money out of your company your trading mm -hmm. business and then putting that into a scheme that you can then utilize to then develop and grow your wealth absolutely is, as mark knows is um mm -hmm. a real benefit of the SAS schemes in your book very, very much and if, if anybody's got any questions we'll have some uh time at the end for q a so just pop any questions you've got for chris mm -hmm the chat box and we'll pick out a few of those uh, a little bit later on yeah no, that's fantastic you get great insights as well so i mean in terms of um <clears throat> chris your your business targets um you know in the next 12 months and uh, and future goals could you give us your insight into that for our own business yes our own our own business is very much um we focus very much on six critical success factors. Um, I, during my early years, I was quite impacted by a piece of research um, that was undertaken by Harvard Business 
Um, and, and Harvard said there are just six critical success factors in any business. And for me, I like to keep things really simple and structured. So those six critical success factors are um, continually developing your people, your team, which is definitely one of my targets for our own business. It's continually yep. educating staff and making sure they've got the skills that our clients need. The second one, the second critical success factor is making sure that we work with our clients to continually develop them and to help them make them aware of the products and services we provide, but also to help them run their businesses better. The yep. third one, perhaps a bit bizarre, is working with our suppliers. Um, so working with the people that provide us with services. You talk about having a good team around you. Even as accountants, we have IT providers, we have education providers, we have paper and, and, mm. and office supply people. And working with yeah. them to help them develop the processes that help us is really important to us as well. The fourth thing is developing, continually developing financial processes. So even mm. as accountants, we've got to improve the way that we manage our own business, what we what we um, what we measure and making decisions, making some tough decisions sometimes mm. uh, on what we decide to invest in and, and what we decide to spend our time on. Yeah. The two final ones are um, setting a clear strategic direction, which we did a long time ago. So focusing on, on athletes, family businesses and property is what we do. Um, and, and, and we have different ways of dealing with that. And then the, the sixth and final thing, which is a, a challenge, is improving the way that we systemize our processes. That so we're constantly trying to look at the way we, we do things and how we do things better. One of those things um, which we've talked about is this whole financial planning with clients, the wealth management, having a structure in place and helping our clients understand um, where they're going and, and having the ability to report on that on a regular basis. So much of what many accountants do is just an annualized process. So just see them once a year, do their accounts, do their tax, that's it. And that's just not good enough in today's world. Um, yeah. Not when we're used to receiving information on such a real-time basis. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, very much so. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, thank you for that. And what, what do you see the, the common mistakes that people make? <laughs> oh, goodness. And um, how long have you got? <laughs> we're in we're in tax return season at the moment um you know the deadline is sunday 31st of january they have extended it now you'll be pleased to hear for those of you that haven't got your tax returns in um but we're still working towards the 31st and one of the things that always comes to mind at this time of the year is people have not planned they've not realized how much tax they've got to pay from last year which means they haven't really appreciated, um, they haven't appreciated the earnings that they've had and, and the tax impact of it. So for us, we take that personally because we see clients who've got big tax bills and we, we almost um, knock ourselves on the head and say, well, why didn't we help them plan for this? You know, why didn't we help them structure this better? So, the structure and the plan is also really obvious at this time of the year. People haven't planned it out properly. They haven't structured their finances correctly. They've missed the pension payments. They've missed the opportunities. I mean, one of the things that you, we, we were talking about over the last few weeks is the fact that electric cars, for instance, um, the government 
currently allow 100% reduction in your company if you buy a fully electric car. There's also zero benefits in kind for people and directors who have company cars, which is a huge saving. But that's coming to an end the end of March. So you're to fully qualify for a zero-based electric car, which are a tax-based electric car, you've got to have the car registered by the 5th of April. So there's going to be a big surge. Now, we're starting to communicate with our clients who are looking at changing their cars, that that's a really good thing. Ties in with our environmental um, plan as well to help reduce carbon emissions. But also, it's a really tax-effective thing. It's 100% tax relief in the company and great for directors who are currently paying huge benefits in kind. So those things come to the fore at this time when we get this real push on. And so not having the right structure is planning for your tax, is being aware of what your tax liabilities are and doing it early, having those conversations with Mm. your accountant and your advisor early on so that Mm. you get a surprise at the end. Absolutely. What we found really useful is to have those those quarterly reviews. You know, there's there's kind of no excuse of not knowing where your tax is at the end of the year. You should know that maybe, you know, at the start of Q, you know, start of Q2, at the start of Q3, there's a forecast there and and then looking at what those mitigation measures might be, whether they be pension contributions, whether they be capital allowances and and Chris being instrumental in you know helping us structure those those reviews. Um, couldn't agree more. Yeah, in a in an ever changing world as well, isn't it at the moment? And yeah. uh, and I, and I think we we all know we can't we can't affect what's gone behind us. But I think you know picking up on your points there, Chris. Um, you know January is quite pivotal around you know self assessment and personal tax. Um, okay, we can't deal with what's gone behind us, but we can certainly start to look and plan what's ahead of us for the next next year, can't we? And start to get those quarterly reviews in and. You know, start to look at you know finances in a very different way if, if that's if that's needed. Absolutely. And then um, one thing for yeah. people to take away on the call today um, is to start talking to your advisors and having those conversations because the thing that most people forget is that although January is the time you have to submit the tax returns, we're already almost through another tax year. We've only got mm-hmm. two months before we're at the next tax year. Once you go past that date, you can't go backwards, not not very easily. Um, And certainly with things like pension contributions, we've got eight weeks to make those contributions before we miss another deadline and we have another tax bill potentially. So if you are one of those people that left your tax return late, or even if you did it a little while ago, start having those conversations over the next eight weeks with your advisors and start thinking about what you can do now to prevent yeah. the same scenario next year. Yeah, okay. I mean, except in the, the year that we've been through, which is kind of unprecedented, isn't it, for everybody, and, you know, really appreciating that. But um, I just I just wonder if you've got any thoughts on the opportunities uh, for 2021, kind of, you know, accepting the risks as well, but, you know, the opportunities that uh, possibly are ahead of us. Yeah, sure. I, I think that we, we've mentioned already in the call, we're in a complete state of flux, and um, the world is. Um, 
I think one thing we've realized from the pandemic, certainly, and we, I think we knew it, but I think it's really been driven home is just how connected we are to the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, we've obviously left the EU. That brings with it an awful lot of challenges. Um, whatever you view on, on Brexit, um, where we are gives us some opportunities, but it also brings some short-term challenges, particularly with anyone trading goods and services with the rest of Europe. But it does open up the global market. So at the very top level, some big global opportunities to, to look around. When I'm speaking to a, a property investor client recently, he's looking at investing in Mexico, of all places. All right. Uh, a Mexican partner, but some of the growth and development we've seen in the UK with property prices and the opportunity for buy-to-lets and HMOs is mm. now happening in Mexico because they've got a shortage of buildings and a uh, population. So there's opportunities at a global level. Mm. Coming back, coming back to the UK, um, I think we've seen a huge impact on the retail sector and town centers. For me, I see that as a, as a massive opportunity for somebody with a, a good vision. And mm. there's an awful lot of fantastic buildings, really good oh. buildings that have been built to have often box shaped, so mm. have sort of layout and design against. And yeah. the regeneration of town centers, I think has to be a huge opportunity for a lot of people on this call. And I think it's a yeah. It's a good thing to be doing as well because they, a lot of them have become the heart of the communities and a lot of them in a sorry state. So yes. Investing in those and, and helping local councils understand where their opportunities are with some of those assets, I think, is a big opportunity that I'd like to see and um, yep. people involved in. Um, yes, indeed. I think the changing way that we're all working in and living is, is also a huge opportunity with Zoom calls like this rather than us all being in a hotel in central London and doing a big breakfast meeting there. Zoom and um, Teams, whatever your favourite, is a big opportunity to engage with more people on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I think that, that's an opportunity and all of the potential business spin-offs that come from that too. Absolutely. No, no, totally agree. And uh, underline that electric car generation that's that's coming at us as well, you know, quite yeah. quick, isn't it? You know, we yeah. can see see all the changes out there. You know, we, I guess we're just waiting for car techs to go up to push people away from, you know, fossil fuel, fuel generated um, and ran cars, you know, into more electric. So it's be interesting well, to see things, what does happen. One of the things that, that for us has been brilliant and wonderful, actually, is we've well, we're, we're an Ipswich-based firm, but as I said, we, we deal with people all over the country and all over the world. Um, our global clients, we've often just had video calls with, and we've been able to work very closely with them and then do the occasional flight and visit to, to see them. But actually, when you analyse what some of these flights have been for, it's almost, uh, and we feel obligated to go and see them every now and again. So we jump on a flight to India or we jump on a flight to Canada to go and see clients out there. And it, it, it's nice to travel. I love traveling. Um, but I'm also now really conscious that do I really need to jump on an airplane to go and meet with a load of people? Um, yes, it's good. And I think that human contact is really important to build relationships and build rapport. But 
But now I think we're going to be asking the questions, do we need to travel? Can we work yeah. with clients more remotely? And with, with technology, we can share a lot of information electronically. Now, most of our clients are on online systems. I mean, you guys, we, yeah. we work very closely but through online platforms. And so distance has now become less of an issue. And yeah. service and availability of information is, is higher on people's agenda, I think. Indeed, I, t I totally, totally agree. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm just conscious of time. Mark, I think, um, uh, forgive me, my location, I can't actually see, see the chat box, but uh, yeah, do, you, do you want to lead with the questions? Yeah, I mean, Ryan asked a question, just as Chris was saying there on, on locality, you know, based on your location in Essex, you know, how do you serve uh, clients elsewhere? And, uh, you know, I guess Nigel and I can, can answer that at first hand. You know, I'm... Uh, I'm 130 miles away from from you, Chris, um, but we can talk on a daily basis if we need to. Um, very effective. And I think it just reminds us all that the last year, as hard as it's been for everybody, reminds us why we do property or why we're in business. You know, they're vehicles to serve our own environments, you know, our own family, and uh, to actually you know get up early and spend the day traveling and maybe missing bedtimes with it with the kids and things you know uh, that's what we're all we're all family people we've all got our own personal aspirations and we should never lose context of that and uh, mm -hmm. i think it's the last year has brought that true honesty with all of us on what that return on time means and being respectful of, of other people's time so yeah, I think that was a really interesting, interesting question. Um, also, just picking up on that as well, and, and so just for information for that person, our clients are all over the country and all over the world. So we have a big batch of clients in Leeds, Liverpool, in Yorkshire, an awful lot of clients in Yorkshire, funnily enough. And it comes from recommendation. People like to deal with people that they're recommended um, by. I think one of the other things recently that sort of caught my eye, I don't know if you guys saw it but um there's this restaurateur i think is a danish restaurateur his restaurant had to close during the pandemic and he used to holiday in the maldives did you see the story and he, he used to holiday on this particular island and the the island owner said look obviously tourism has really affected us so i think it was twenty-two thousand pound he said come and rent one of our beach villas and come and live out here for a year. And he's working, running his restaurant from a villa in the Maldives. And I, and I think that really, to me, made me think, well, we could, a lot of us can do what we do anywhere in the world now with the right technology and the right, the right link. So distance now is less of an issue. Um, it's that relationship. Yeah. I, I saw a similar thing, actually, on, um, on the television the other day that, I think Bar, uh, Barbados, I think it was Barbados, had opened yeah. their doors. Yeah. And I think for a £1,000, as long as you haven't got a criminal record and probably all the few things that they uh, they will put down there, but for a £1,000, you could go and work over there for a, a year. You know, so people that were working remotely naturally, you know, would you like to go and work in the sun yeah. <laughs> remotely? It's yeah. the same. The world is a really small place, Chris, isn't it? And, it is. You know, and I think technology has kind of underpinned that ability for us to contact on a daily basis wherever wherever we are. So that's, yeah. uh, we may have been in lockdown and we may have had to spend a lot of time within four walls, but I think our minds have opened up a lot. I think so. What we can do. Yeah. And that's a real totally agree. It okay. is. It is. 
a couple of quick questions then to, to round off. Uh, ask a question. Uh, in the case of the CGT hike, uh, when could the earliest timescales of this be effective from? Surely they would give at least a year's notice. Uh, well, I, it could be effective from midnight on the 3rd of March if, if he chooses to, to launch it in the budget. Certainly with things like capital gains tax and like um, entrepreneurs relief, what they don't want to do is create a big rush on um, capital gains transactions. So we, we've seen with the stamp duty hike, uh, or with the stamp duty um, uh, for, for homes under 500,000, that's caused a huge rush in people buying properties, which has clogged up the conveyancing process and clogged up estate agents and lawyers. Many um, of us trying to buy properties will know that. Um, uh, so it could come into effect from that evening. And, and normally they do those big ones because they don't want people to start planning and doing crazy stuff around it. So it could be quite quickly. And I suspect if I had to guess, I'd say they'd put it back up to 40%. So I think they'd line it with your rate of income tax. At the moment, it's 10% for lower rate payers and 20% for higher rate, 28% on residential. But I think they'll put it up to 20 for, for base taxpayers and 40% for higher rate taxpayers, which is what it was five, six years ago. So I, that's my guess is what it's going to go up to. There's some real fundamental challenges there with the uh, Chancellor's purse, isn't there? We mentioned electric vehicles and uh, as that grows, then... Um you know, taxation is reducing on uh, on fuel. That's uh, it's obviously dropped off a cliff this year for many different reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, Lizzie asks a question. Uh, what's Chris's view of hybrid LLP stroke limited company setup in the context of property? A little bit of a complex one. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether How long there's have you got? Uh, about thirty seconds on that one, probably. Chris. <laughs> okay. So I think it's about the structure and, and looking at what you want to do. And um, the LLPs are very beneficial because you can claim the capital allowances. And, and for commercial properties via an LLP, there's really good opportunities for how you can utilize the gains and losses against people's personal income from the partnership. Um, however, um, they're part of the structure. And I think you've got to look at your whole overall structure. Um, VAT comes into it. Your whole plans for the future comes into it. Holding assets in an LLP um, for long-term wealth generation is not as effective, I don't think, as holding them through a limited company structure with, with a good pension scheme behind it. So I think it has to be part of your overall plan. But they're definitely a good tool to have in the box. Mm, definitely, definitely. Great. Um, Gareth, uh, friend Gareth up in Hull. Um, Gareth has a question. In your experience, what are the most common accounting and tax mistakes new property developers make and any suggestions to, appoint, to avoid them? The one that keeps me awake at night all the time is VAT. Um, VAT is one of those really frustrating taxes that um, affect property significantly. If you get VAT wrong, you end up with a massive VAT bill. So um, quite a lot of people don't realise what they're taking on in terms of that implications. Um, I think also the frustration for me is, you know, we're, most people on this call are smart investors. You know, we're there to make 
future wealth and to grow and develop. And, and unfortunately, I still see so many people who take on projects where the return on investment just doesn't seem right. They've not done their homework properly. They've perhaps dreamt a good return, but the reality in terms of the work they need to do to get there and the timeframes that they need to do to get there um, are much longer. And you end up taking on a project that actually costs you money rather than, um, rather than, I've just seen that whiskey question pop up on the screen. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I don't know. Um, I love whiskey. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure of that one. Um, yeah, so um, uh, making those mistakes and, and, and making sure that you plan it properly and you've got a good return from the start. Don't don't go into something, don't go into an investment opportunity that looks cheap. Uh, go into it because it's part of your overall plan. Great. I think we've just got one very quick question to, to round off. Um, Varsha asks, Chris, what do you think will happen with the stamp duty holiday? Uh, that's, a, that's a tricky one. Um, they're losing an awful lot of revenue at the moment. Um, it really has helped prop up the property market um, and it's made a lot of people move and keep those wheels turning. I suspect they'll extend it because it has been so successful. I think they'll probably extend it for a little while longer, especially as we're not quite out of this yet and the vaccine's taken a long while to go. Um, so my, my view is that they'll extend it probably to the end of June. Very good, very good. I think that's probably all we've got time for, Mark, but um, no, that was great. But if, if our lovely listeners would like to get in touch with you, Chris, um, what's the? I think we've dropped in the uh, your email. Is that is that the best way to to get yeah, hold of you? Drop me an email, um, Chris yeah. at yeah. um, That's fantastic. Yeah. And that's the best way to handle them. We can set up a call. Yeah, that's great. And and <clears throat> also another way. Um, obviously, you're, you're you're one of our trusted partners uh, in the Equa Academy Equa Portal yeah. as well. So um, you know that's kind of free to everybody to access all that content. So if you wanted to get yourself in there, uh, GMS is, is planted in there. So again, you could just raise an inquiry and Chris will uh, be in contact. But yeah. uh, that's just that's just great. And and Chris, I mean, on behalf of Mark and myself and obviously all the listeners, you know, thank you so much for your time and uh, your services, you know, to us as well. And hopefully you can you know, spread that amongst all the all of our listeners as well, which would be absolutely fantastic. That's great. So thank, thank you very much. Again. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Chris. Really appreciate that. And as Nigel said, you can access a huge array of videos and templates and access our trusted partner network uh, by th two methods, actually. You can uh, join our Facebook group, Equa Academy Facebook group. So uh, you can join up there or you go to www.equaacademy.co.uk and register for free and you get access to our Equa portal. So, Nigel, that's about all, all we've got time for today. An absolutely fascinating session with, with Chris. We've enjoyed quality time with, with Chris. Yep. So, great. End of another session. So looking forward to seeing you all next Wednesday, 8 o'clock, for our breakfast with Nigel and Mark specials. So uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Nigel. And everybody, have an absolutely wonderful week. Take thank care. You.
Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.